The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. The United Nations World Tourism Organization, UNWTO, announced in a recent report that global tourism, in terms of tourist arrival numbers, has rebounded to 80% of pre-pandemic levels in the first quarter of 2023. The surge can be seen in the 235 million tourists who have travelled internationally, more than doubling 2022's first quarter figures. According to UNWTO, regionally, the Middle East leads in tourism recovery, surpassing 2019 arrivals by 15%, while Europe, Africa and the Americas followed, recovering to 90%, 88% and 85% of pre-pandemic levels, respectively. The Asia-Pacific region is currently at 54%, and anticipates swift acceleration. In 2022, international tourism receipts hit the one trillion US dollar mark, a 50% growth from 2021. By region, Europe led the rebound with nearly $550 billion in tourism receipts in 2022. Africa recovered to 75% of its pre-pandemic receipts, while the Middle East reached 70%, the Americas 68%, and Asia 28%. UNWTO Secretary-General Zurab Polalikashvili pointed out the tourism industry's unique ability to bounce back, but also emphasised the need for vigilance against challenges, including geopolitical instability, staffing shortages and cost-of-living crises. Despite the hurdles, the UNWTO continued to project a recovery of 80% to 95% of pre-pandemic international arrivals for the entirety of 2023. The latest UNWTO Confidence Index suggests a stronger peak season in the May to August period for the Northern Hemisphere, bolstering optimism for global tourism recovery. This is Special English. China will install a new optical telescope on the Pamirs, which will be the third largest in the country. According to Xinjiang Astronomical Observatory, under the Chinese Academy of Sciences, the telescope will be placed 
at the Muztag Observatory in southern Xinjiang's Akitao County. The observatory is located at an altitude of 4,520 meters. It's best seeing, which means the sharpness of a telescopic image, can reach 0.4 seconds of arc. According to Wang Na, director of Xinjiang Astronomical Observatory, in winter, the moisture content in the atmosphere at the site is often less than 2 millimeters, and the towering mountain blocks the light interference from cities. The excellent optical observation conditions at Musta are quite rare in the country and can be compared with world-class optical observatories. The 1.9-metre optical telescope is currently the third largest universal optical telescope in China and is planned to be put into operation in June 2024. This is Special English. A week after the final episode of the suspense drama The Long Season, aired on Tencent Video, around 450,000 viewers gave it a score of 9.4 out of 10 on the popular review site Doban, making it one of the highest-rated Chinese TV series. The show is true to life, as it portrays ageing, has twists of fate, and mirrors changes in society. The 12-episode series, starring Fan Wei, Qin Hao and Chen Ming Hao, premiered on Tencent Video's X Theatre on April the 22nd, and has since then topped the platform's hot search list. The show has been discussed more than half a million times on Sina Weibo, and when the last three episodes were released, the hashtag, the long season masterpiece, was among the platform's top searches for three consecutive days. The plot for The Long Season centres on the fictional industrial city of Hualin in northeastern China, where the Hualin steel plant used to be the pride of the city and its main industry. Wang Xiang, the lead character, was a train driver at the company before he retired and became a taxi driver. In 2016, Wang helped his brother-in-law, Gong Biao, resolve a case of car registration fraud, but unexpectedly discovered clues related to his own son, Wang Yang's, accidental death 18 years before. Wang Xiang, Gong, and retired police officer Ma Desheng reunite to uncover the truth of the past. 
The story follows the three seniors as they track down the culprit, during which they also reflect on their own lives and the changing times around them. The Long Season is the second TV series directed by Xin Shuang. Three years ago, his debut series, The Bad Kids, received a score of 8.8 out of 10 on Douban, and has since become a classic work among domestic suspense dramas. Director Shin said the series gives people an insight into the society and culture of years gone by. Before the show premiered, one of the scriptwriters, Pan Yi-ran, wondered if audiences would warm to the story, as it is told from the perspective of three elderly men, which is rare for a Chinese TV series. However, the enthusiastic response dispelled her concerns and the exceptionally high rating on Douban surprised her. Pan stressed the success achieved by the long season underscores the need to resonate with audiences. She said, from discussing the plot and the actors' performances, to exploring details of costumes, makeup, music, and even posters, Chinese audiences have always shown great enthusiasm for and anticipation of high-quality domestic TV dramas, especially those they can connect with. They are less concerned about big-name directors and actors, but more interested in whether the overall quality of a production is good enough. You're listening to Special English. Norway's salmon exports to China are set to leap due to a growth in demand from the country's growing middle class. According to the Norwegian Seafood Council, China is one of the most exciting growth markets for Norwegian seafood and it has a huge potential. The value of Norwegian seafood exports to China hit a record high in the first quarter of the year. Over 40,000 tonnes of salmon, cod and other seafood were shipped in April, an increase of 18% year-on-year, making Beijing the third largest market for Norway's fish. For Norwegians, fishing is more than just an income. It is part of their identity. Camilla Bredesen, the manager of Oslo's Salmon Visitor Centre, said the salmon gives locals the possibility of having work and industry along the long coastline where tourists can learn about and taste Norway's most exported fish. She added that there are people 
living on many islands in the very deep fjords, and there it is a key industry. The Norwegian Seafood Council says Norway's fish stocks have remained broadly stable in recent years, but it needs to find better ways of eradicating a problem that specifically affects salmon, salmon lice, before the industry can expand further. Currently, salmon lice are removed mechanically, but a significant number of the fish die during that process. Despite some ongoing issues, the Norwegian Food Safety Authority says there is no health risk for people eating the salmon. For now, carp remains the most popular fish in China, but due to a growth in the country's middle class, the more expensive salmon is gaining popularity, and that's set to create more demand. This is special English. I was born on the seventeenth of November. Delve into a world of words with books and beyond. A podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game initiative. There was initiative. no better wine and not to mention... The Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. You're listening to Special English. Once a niche product reserved for border trade, Chinese dark tea is now making another long and bumpy journey towards new-style beverage shops, which are the darling of the young sipping class. Dark tea, or fermented tea, has a long history of being compressed into tea cakes and carried on horseback to northwestern hinterlands and foreign countries, winning it the soubriquet border tea or export tea. As the fashion for new-style tea brews sweeps across China, dark tea has found new clients in big cities. The many bubble tea shops, vying for the hearts of young urbanites with innovative recipes. In Changsha, the glitzy capital of Hunan, tea shops mix dark tea with light cream and pecans and advertise its health-enhancing effects, such as lowering cholesterol levels. Peng Hongzhe, a 37-year-old Changsha resident and fan of dark tea-based bubble tea, said she likes bubble tea but 
doesn't want to get fat, so she's attracted to the fat scraping effect of dark tea, as well as its special taste. Pung notes dark tea's bitter taste and special aroma, which have long made the tea an outlier in China's mainstream tea market. Its unique bitterness also poses a challenge for developers of popular beverages. Liu Yang, founder of Chaya Masu Chinese Dark Tea, is a young entrepreneur working to unleash the market potential of dark tea, which remains a niche product among young consumers. Liu has opened four outlets using dark tea leaves to make bubble tea and fruit tea. He said he wishes to introduce dark tea into the lives of young Chinese people in a more fashionable manner. As a newcomer in the new style tea market. Fermented tea drinks have few successful predecessors to draw experience from, so Liu's team creatively mixes the tea with the more Mordica Gros Fenori fruit and dried orange peel to amplify its health benefits. To their delight, Liu said, thirty percent of the first-time buyers. Have become regular customers, anticipating a growing number of health-conscious consumers. According to research firm II Media Research, the value of China's new style tea market is estimated to reach three hundred and seventy-four point nine three billion yuan, or about fifty-five billion U.S. dollars. In 2025, with 26.2 percent of consumers in 2022 expecting to consume more new tea beverages in the future, Li Shengfu, a master of making Anhua dark tea, is optimistic about the market prospects of dark tea's synergy with pastries and popular beverages. He said the addition of China's traditional tea making to the UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage list in late 2022 will also boost the rural tea industry and the supply chain. This is Special English. Twenty-three-year-old Chinese sprinter Chen Guanfeng. Has vowed to become China's third sub 10 second sprinter in the men's 100 meters. The Guangzhou native won the men's 4 by 100 meter relay, together with his national teammates Tang Xingqiang, Liu Hongxi, and Chen Qiwei, in 39.45 seconds, at a recent athletics relay. Held in his hometown, as China's fastest sprinter Su Bingtian watched in the stands, Chen, who has trained with Su since the beginning of this year, said he's learned a lot from his idol Su, 
improving his technique and making progress. He said, of course he wanted to break ten seconds, all the time. 33-year-old Asian record holder Su Bingtian was the first Chinese athlete to run 100 metres in under 10 seconds in 2015, followed by Xie Jianye in 2018. After Chen clocked a personal best of 10.06 in the national championships in 2021, Su commented that Chen is the best of the young Chinese athletes, saying that give Chen three years and he will break the 10-second barrier. Chen Guanfeng also won the men's 60-metre title in an Asian season's best of 6.55 at the National Indoor Championships in March adding that he had taken inspiration from Sue and hoped to compete with his idol at the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. For this year, Chen said his goals are the Asian Games and the World Championships. For August's World Championships in Budapest and the 2024 Olympics, Chen will likely focus on a 4 by 100 meter relay berth, since the entry standard for the men's 100 meters has been raised to 10 seconds. You're listening to Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. The United Nations World Tourism Organization, UNWTO, announced in a recent report that global tourism, in terms of tourist arrival numbers, has rebounded to 80% of pre-pandemic levels in the first quarter of 2023. The surge can be seen in the 235 million tourists who have travelled internationally, more than doubling 2022's first quarter figures. According to UNWTO, regionally the Middle East leads in tourism recovery, surpassing 2019 arrivals by 15%, while Europe, Africa and the Americas followed, recovering to 90%, 88% and 85% of pre-pandemic levels respectively. The Asia-Pacific region is currently at 54% and anticipates swift acceleration. In 2022, international tourism receipts hit the US$1 trillion mark, a 50% growth from 2021. By region, Europe led the rebound with nearly $550 billion in tourism receipts in 2022. Africa recovered to 75% of its pre-pandemic receipts, while the Middle East reached 70%, the Americas 68%, and Asia 28%. UNWTO Secretary-General Zurab Pololika Shivali pointed out the tourism industry's unique ability to bounce back, but also emphasised the need for vigilance against challenges including geopolitical instability, staffing shortages and cost-of-living crises. Despite the hurdles, the UNWTO continued to project a recovery of 80% to 95% of pre-pandemic international arrivals for the entirety of 2023. 
The latest UN-WTO confidence index suggests a stronger peak season in the May to August period for the Northern Hemisphere, bolstering optimism for global tourism recovery. That is the end of today's programme. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace.